Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Parkley to the left side line. Touchdown, Giants. Hunt no. kicks the ball out. The Bengals have <laughs> the ball. Baby. They are running it back. <laughs> Sam Hubbard. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And they avoid... Charger-like things. The Jaguars have won it. They have come back from 27 nothing. Earlier on the show, two-time Super Bowl champion and Greenlight podcast host, Chris Long. Cowboys linebacker, Micah Parsons. Coming up, Jaguars wide receiver, Christian Kirk. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program after we watched Wild Card Saturday kick off with a nearly uh, doubling up of the Seahawks by the San Francisco 49ers. And then we watched the Chargers take a 27 to nothing lead on Jacksonville. I thought to myself, well, Wild Card Weekend... We need to find a different adjective than super. Um, but then the second half like hit in Duval County. And that's the Duval. way I now turn to the Rich Eisen Show phone line and welcome in the guy whose touchdown grab in the fourth quarter made it a two-point game. And then we all saw how the Jaguars got the final field goal with no time left to complete. The biggest comeback we have seen in the playoffs since the Colts came back 28 down on the Chiefs in the wild card round of 2013. And joining us here on the phone line is a man who grabbed that ball, Christian Kirk, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Christian? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm all right. I mean, like not, not like going to the Waffle House and partying like I'm Trevor Lawrence type good, but I'm pretty good. <laughs> You know, did you see that? Does it get better than that? Did you see that? Yeah, the, that video? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I saw it uh, the the next morning. Okay, uh, where'd you go after the game Saturday night? What was your night like? Uh, I I went straight home. I was exhausted, and I think uh, I was still a little delirious. I didn't, I didn't, you know, it was hard to really process what had just happened. Uh, I think for a lot of us, you know, just the emotions and everything that had happened, but. I had to get home and, and, and lay it down and, you know, kind of kind of wind down from everything that had just happened. So let's talk about the everything that had just happened. Uh, when the game starts with back-to-back interceptions, and that's the way Trevor Lawrence's career starts with back-to-back interceptions, and then a third one came and a fourth one came. Did you go up to him? Did you chit-chat with him at any point in time about this, Christian? I mean, I don't think we talked specifically about, you know, the interceptions, but, you know, more just positive reinforcement. Um, just everybody, you know, letting everybody know that, you know, we still believe and we still believe in one another. Uh, you know, there's nothing negative that, you know, came from anybody um, on the offense or defensive side of the ball. And, you know, just told them to take it one play at a, one play at a time and just, uh, you know, don't forget to have fun in these type of moments. You know, obviously with these games and what's all on the line, uh, you know, some of that energy and emotion can kind of get pent up. And, uh, you know, you just 
forget to go out there and just play play free and, and and have fun. And so just told him to go out there, have fun, and just play his his style of football. And you know we were able to do that in, in the second half and turn things around. Before we get to that turnaround, though, um, you know, so was there again uh, just watching him try and navigate this thing? Uh, and I'll be honest, at some point I thought, does he need to? Does he need to come out of the game for a bit? And and the, that moment happened when you were wide open on a third down on a throw that I think Lawrence could make in his sleep and probably did when he was a five-year-old, and he threw it behind you, um, Christian. And I'm wondering what you were thinking at that moment. In that yeah, you game. know, it was definitely a, a tough uh, play for us, you know, especially, you know, we felt like we had an opportunity there to, to finally get some things rolling, you know, got in a third and manageable situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just – you know, we, we missed the play and, you know, that, that's, that happens. And obviously it was disappointing, you know, at the time, uh, cause it kind of just felt like, you know, nothing was, could go our way. You know, we had dug ourselves in such a big hole and it just, you know, early in that first half, it just felt like one of those nights where, you know, nothing was going to go our way. And I think, you know, that definitely was a, a, a point to where we had to really make a decision of, you know, are we going to turn this thing around? Are we going to believe or, we're going to, you know, just pack it in and, and, and try to, you know, end it, it, you know, end this thing and try to get some type of momentum. Um, but like I said, you know, nobody blinked, you know, came back to the sideline. And one thing you know, I love about Trevor is, you know, he's never afraid to, you know, be accountable for, for mistakes. And, you know, he said, that's a throw that I need to make, you know, that's on me and, uh, you know, we're okay. We'll, we'll get back. Right. And, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I think it was, you know, that next year as you went down there and we were able to right. score before halftime and that kind of, you know, turned things around for us. What was it like in the locker room after that score? It's 27-7, right? I mean, you, you actually got points on the board. Something positive had happened. What was the locker room like halftime? Yeah, it, you know, it was, it was positive. Um, you know, we had had three other games, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the season where we had, you know, faced deficits, you know, that were pretty similar you know, down 17, down 20, uh, down 10, you know, and, and, and spots where, you know, maybe it looked a little improbable of coming back. And, you know, we knew with our defense coming out, taking the field that, you know, hey, defense, you go out there and get a stop. You know, offense, it's imperative that we score, put some points on the board, and we can we can turn this thing around and get some momentum. And defense did just that. And, you know, once that happens and, you know, we're able to go and score, you know, there's no you know disbelief in, in in our minds that you know we're not going to be able to get back into this game. You know, we're just able to you know talk about what we need to do and go out there and execute it and take it one play at a time. And you know, there was a lot of belief, and that's all it was in the locker room was just reinforcement that hey, you know, we've been in this moment before. Let's go out there, do the same thing we've done in the past, band together, and just take it one play at a time. And so, uh, when you were talking about this in the locker room, and then you needed to execute it, and you're beginning to execute it, at what point did the belief begin to become rampant on the sideline, Christian? Well, I think definitely, um, you know, one of the big scores was, you know, the long pass to Zay. Uh, You know, I think we were able to close the gap to 14 at that point. Defense was, you know, getting some stops. Uh, and once they get going, start pressuring the quarterback. And, you know, they're stopping the run and they're having success, you know, offensively. You know, we're on the sideline saying, hey, we're going to get this ball back. Um, Jamal Agnew giving us a spark, too, giving us some great field position as well. And so when things start coming together a little bit and, you know, we're able to, to kind of start closing the gap and, you know, you look at the clock and you say, hey, we, we got some time here. You know, we're able to put this thing together. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, it's just a sense of urgency to, you know, go out and, and do it. And, you know, I think that's the big thing is we've done it so many times this season 
that it's just going back to, to what we know and, and just believing in one another and just having that confidence. And, you know, the confidence really, you know, kind of sparked in those moments. Christian Kirk here on the Rich Eisen Show. I am mandated to ask this question. Could this have happened, you know, in the belief in everybody else under the previous administration prior to Doug Peterson, Christian? Could this have happened last uh, year? You know, obviously, you know, I wasn't a part of it. Um, you know, I was, yep. you know, just like everybody else, you know, one of the outsiders looking in, uh, you know, but just from hearing, you know, from, from the guys and, you know, their experiences, uh, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, it would have happened or even, you know, gotten to this point, but I just know that, you know, Doug from the first day that he came in, you know, he instilled this culture and this mindset for us that, you know, we can accomplish everything that we want to accomplish. And it's all right here in this building, in this locker room and on this team. And everybody just bought into, you know, just the championship mentality, you know, fear nothing and attack everything. And, uh, you know, guys have really bought into that. And it's really helped us, you know, in these moments of adversity that we face throughout the year. What was it like in the locker room after the game? This, uh, you know, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, obviously, for the most part, just a sigh of relief, um, you know, but just so happy for everyone that has been, you know, in the building for a long time that hasn't had to, you know, get a taste of these type of moments. And, you know, winning in the playoffs is not easy, you know, by by any means. And just all the hard work and effort and the dedication and sacrifice that everybody has put in, you know, on a daily basis to just kind of get over that hump and, and get that first win in the playoffs, I think it meant a lot. Um, you know, but quickly, you know, kind of narrowed our focus back into, you know, the next round and, and getting ready, you know, for, you know, the divisional round this Saturday. Well, I, I found it interesting, Christian, that, um, you know, after the game, Trevor Lawrence said that the, the, the four quarters kind of a microcosm of the season where, you know, uh, the first half uh, you weren't playing up to your potential. And then the second half of the season, look out anybody else bad news for everybody else and i'm just wondering how you feel about your team's prospects going into kansas city and shocking the whole world and winning this thing christian yeah you know you you mentioned it going into the bye week we're three and seven uh we had actually just lost to kansas city and you know coming out of it it was you know just making a decision of where we want to take this thing and you know we knew we had to win out and, uh, you know, obviously we didn't do that. We dropped one to, to Detroit. But, you know, for the most part, uh, everybody bought into, you know, it's the win to get in. And uh, everybody bought into that. And obviously we face a, a really good opponent, you know, who, who beat us earlier this year, you know, with a, a great offense and a great defense. Obviously the environment down there is, um, you know, second to none. So it's just banding together. And, uh, you know, we've been counted out all season long. And, you know, still, even we string together some wins, you know, people still say, oh, you know, it's, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, still kind of give us that, that underdog mentality. And, you know, we're going to keep embracing that. And so I think for us, going down to Kansas City this Saturday, it's going to be us versus the world. And you know, we've been in this position, you know, so far uh, throughout our whole season. So it'll be nothing new to us. You know, it's just playing our brand and our style of football and, and going down and executing. And then let's talk about you for a little bit here uh, before I let you go, Christian Kirk. Um, Obviously, the conversation in March surrounding you was about your contract and how Jacksonville paid you handsomely 
and whether you were going to be able to be a number one receiver worthy of being paid like that. You got a, uh, an 1,100-yard season, eight touchdowns in the regular season, the big one in the playoffs that got the team within two. Um, any sense of satisfaction for you, Christian? Um, I would be lying if I said no. Um, <laughs> definitely uh, like to say just to, to be able to get the last laugh. Um but it's, it's, it's the opportunity I, I wanted. And, you know, through scrutiny or, or not, um, I know what I've worked for. I know what I've earned. And I've always believed in that. I've always believed in the type of player that I can be. And, you know, just stuck to that and just kind of closed out the outside noise and really just focused on, you know, how good of a, a teammate and a player and an impact player I can be, you know, on this team and, you know, help us get to moments in games like this. And, uh, you know, been blessed to, you know, be out there for every opportunity and just go out there and have an impact. And that's all I can really ask for. And, you know, just, uh, you know, really happy and, you know, would do it 100 times over again to be able to come here to Jacksonville and just, uh, you know, really grateful for the opportunity and the belief that, you know, they've put in me. And, uh, you know, the rest has kind of been history, but, you know, definitely um, have been, been happy with, you know, how this first year has gone and, you know, ready to just, you know, keep going and, um, keep believing in an impact. Yes, the, how the season is gone and is still going. Those are the key words at the end of that statement, still going. And, and uh, I would be remiss if you don't mind me asking, are you surprised about your old spot uh, and the coach being fired, general manager out? I mean, total restart where you left in Arizona. Does that surprise you in any way, shape, or form, Christian Kirk? Well, I mean, you know, I, I have nothing for but love, you mm-hmm. know, for, for Arizona, you know, what they've done for me and, you know, Steve Kime, you know, bringing me to Arizona, got to play for my hometown team. So that's uh, an opportunity that, you know, I'm, I'm always grateful for and will never forget. And, you know, I thought Cliff did a great job, you know, with, with what he had and, um, you know, just putting guys in the right positions, you know, to, to succeed. But, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, like I said, it's, it's hard to win in this league. And, you know, when things aren't going right and, you know, there's a lot of outside noise that can be, you know, a little bit, it can kind of blur your, 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 your focus and your vision and uh, can get a little distracting at times. But, you know, it d- definitely was following them the whole year and, and, you know, felt for those guys. But, you know, when a change is needed is a, and a change is needed. And, uh, you know, I know everybody's parting ways and, you know, looking for, you know, a new, new journey, new venture. But uh, definitely, you know, for my guys that are over there, you know, looking, you know, excited to see, you know, what their, their new venture is going to be and, you know, who takes over over there and, you know, hopefully they can uh, turn things around. All right, yeah, and you are aware where the Super Bowl takes place this year, right, Christian? You're very well aware of that, correct? Oh, right. I'm, I've I've been well aware from that uh, when when they first announced it. So there's a uh, there's there's nothing more that I would like. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, are you imagining? Do you let yourself go for a split minute to think about that? Oh, Christian, one hundred percent. I think it. I think it. It keeps you motivated. It you know, not that you don't need any motivation uh with weeks like this and you're in the playoffs and you're moving on but um that's that's my backyard i I grew up there um and have been going to games there since i was a little kid and been an arizona cardinals fan and you know to have been in that stadium obviously i've played in that stadium so many times and so to now um obviously you know be here and have the opportunity and you know, with with the guys that we have here in Jacksonville, and and you know, for the love and bond that I've created here in, in Jacksonville, it would just it would just be you know a dream come true. And so it's definitely 
some um, some some added motivation to to get down there and be able to play, you know, on that stage, you know, in that game mm. um, at home. Wouldn't that be amazing, Christian Kirk? I really appreciate you taking the moment here on an off day or a down day. Certainly, since you had to go after that game and just get some rest, I greatly appreciate it. And in that regard, uh, I'm going to give some advice, uh, free advice for you to pass along to Doug Peterson, if you wouldn't mind for me, Christian Kirk. Okay, um, t- tell Coach, don't spot Mahomes 27. Okay, <laughs> all right, don't do that. I, I got you. Okay. Just I'll, I'll, I'll let him know. I've, free advice. I'll, I'll it's free. It's it's free. Uh, it's it's free. There's no there's no quid to the pro quo. Just uh, don't do that. And I appreciate the time, Christian. Take care of yourself. Sounds good. Thanks, Rich. You're appreciate the best. There you go. He's one of the best in this National Football League. And hey, Christian Kirk, love talking to him. He's got some. I mean, that's the guy you want in a huddle, right? Calming presence. It, he's kind of calming when you talk to him. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Eight four four two zero four Rich. Number to dial, so much to discuss on this program. We have really not hit the Chargers and what I think they're going to do. Two teams, everybody thinks that they're, they know what they should do or you think they should do a little zig when all they do in their entire time under the current administrations is zag. And that's coming up next, 844-204-RICH. And then we hit the Monday night game two. Don't go anywhere. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed passion drive and patience The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, powered by Granger, back on the air with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or you know, just stop by. Why not? Eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial right here on the program. All righty then. So, let's talk about some teams that are out of the tournament and what now. Let's do it. Seattle and Los Angeles, the first two out. 
Seattle on the first game of Super Wild Card Weekend, and then the Chargers on the second. And what are they going to do? The big questions about both. Let's take Seattle. What are they going to do at quarterback? I had that, an overreaction. We didn't get to it. And I'm glad to hit it now, then. What are they going to do at quarterback? Do one more? I'm telling you what they're going to do at quarterback. Ride with Geno? What they're going to do at quarterback is ride with Geno. They love him. Mm. The teammates love him. They do not look at him and think, well, that's the guy who washed out in New York. They don't look at him and say, well, that's the guy that Ben McAdoo put in to start in place of Eli Manning to break up his streak in New York. They don't look at him and say, well, that's the guy who came in for Russ midseason last year and couldn't keep the ship nearly as afloat as he did this year. They don't look at him and think that at all. They look at him and think that's our guy. They look at him and see the 50-yard throw in the playoffs to DK Metcalf. They look at him and see the runs that he comes up with as well. They like his arm. Take a look at Chris. Look it up, will you please? Look up how many attempts Geno Smith made this year. Passing attempts? Yes, sir. How many times did they fade him back, roll him out, and let him cook? Take a look at that number. Uh, Geno Smith had 572 passes. How about that? Almost 600 passing attempts. Do you think Russell Wilson would have liked that in previous years? Uh, yep. They believe <laughs> in Geno. And the way that they're playing is the way that Pete likes to play. And the way that they're playing put them in the playoffs this year. Say what you will about their second half of the season and how that game against the Rams ended. Apparently, Schefter reported that the Lions... And the Rams were livid with the officiating in that game as well they should have. Seattle got some gifts from the officials Mm -hmm. in that game from a roughing the punter penalty that I didn't understand where that came from and also a taunt in the direction of Bobby Wagner that wasn't called on an interception that came at a crucial moment. At any rate, say what you will about all that. But the Seahawks made the playoffs, and they had a halftime lead in San Francisco. And they've got the fifth overall pick, and I don't think there's a quarterback there that will make them think we're just going to start from scratch. I think they like Geno a lot, and the only thing I imagine that would prevent them from signing a deal is if Geno overplays a hand. Where they're like, yeah, that's just too many years. That's too much. That's too many dollars. We'll, we'll we'll just find another direction. We'll go in a different direction. We like Drew Locke just as much, and then we'll go into that season saying, "Oh, are they crazy?" Then they'll make the playoffs again. They've got the fifth overall pick. I think they're going to use it on a defender, or if there's some offensive lineman that they love, they fell head over heels in and go to work, and let Kenny Walker run it and let Geno sling it. I think the players love him. I saw it in person in Munich. Because the Seahawks aren't that, they just like, that's the way they, that's the way they zag. Or that's the way they zig. What are they going to zag with a, with who? The the kid from Kentucky? Stick him up there? Hmm. Fifth overall? That's the spot for him? I don't think so. In that range? That just doesn't, I think they liked Geno to begin with. And the rest of the country was saying, what the hell are they thinking? And they made the playoffs. That's my two cents on Seattle. 
Now then, the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> I, I just feel for, the, I feel for the fans. I really do. I really, really do. I tweeted out that of all the soul-crushing losses, this has to be the most soul-crushing loss of them all. Up 27 nothing. I mean, to say it's the worst-blown lead in the history of the Chargers, uh, that's, 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 carrying, that's, that's carrying a lot of water. But it was. Just uh, eh, the first team to lose with a turnover differential of plus five or more in the history of the NFL playoffs. It's never happened before. Teams are now 26-1 and one in those situations. You know, and I, I did my best to try and find, and we'll, we'll, we'll show this later, where, where there was like a momentum switch. It was kind of just like, there really was a, it was just a long, slow car crash, you know? And the fact that Eckler had just 43 scrimmage yards when he had almost 100 on the season, averaged it. And no Mike Williams, man. I'm telling you, that's huge. I mean, that's a red zone problem. And then you take a look, and this may be unfair, I don't know, but, you know. <sighs> Joey Bosa throwing his helmet and then Brandon Staley picking it up for him. I got that for you. You just, you know, so frustrated. I'll, I'll just get your helmet for you and hand it back to you and have you throw it down at my feet. A second time. You know, it, 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 it makes you think, does Joey respect this guy or not? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and fair or not, I know that we people lose cool on sidelines and we think they're just hate each other and they it's just a, a flashpoint moment. But here's the thing that I think is got some credence. In the same way that Brian Dable and that offense has cracked the code for Daniel Jones and Kevin O'Connell had cousins playing really well. Okay. And we're talking about Doug Peterson is the perfect guy for um, Trevor Lawrence, isn't he? And we just all know that Mahomes had, has had Reed and, you know, Dable was the guy and look, you know, Ken Dorsey's a perfect guy for Allen dialing it up. Tua, hopefully he can come back. Mike McDaniel dialed it up for him. Kyle Shanahan is the perfect coach for Brock Purdy. You hear that, right? I mean, just name some of them off the top of my head. Do we hear that about Justin Herbert? We do not. And so, yes, Chargers fans are sitting out there, fair or not, Fair or not, I mean, Brandon Staley calls a defensive place, but as you know, when he's been on this program, he's a former quarterback. He knows the position. He's no dummy. He knows the position. He knows what Herbert can do. And we're, you know, we're talking. We are talking about a team that went up 27-0. We are. And that's the potential that clearly this team has had, but then the charging happens. They also settled, they settled for twenty a twenty two yard field goal and a twenty three yard well, field goal. One, Not like they were getting it done in the red zone when they got gifted. That's those the turnovers. problem. I mean, the 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 um the muffed punt is the one that you really have to point to. I mean, that was you could have broken them in yeah. in two over your knee like Bo Jackson snapping a bat, <laughs> you know, if they had scored touchdowns instead of field goals there. And then of course Dicker missing a field goal was a crusher. Yeah. 
But this lends to everybody saying Sean Payton is sitting out there. And I don't know when this report came through. It was, what, a month plus ago? He'd like to coach in Los Angeles. Hey. And we're like, hey. Hey, how about that? I like it here myself. I love it here. Good for him. (laughs) Good for him. It never rains in South... Oh, wait a minute. Uh, That's not true. Well, I think it's finally stopped raining. But hey, McVeigh, maybe you heard McVeigh was having a tough year. McVeigh thought about it. And it took him about 72, 90 hours to clear his head. He's back. That happened, I think, when we walked out the door yeah, on Friday, right? Good afternoon, yeah. Yep. So then, here's Brandon Staley here in Los Angeles. And so that checks the box for Sean Payton, right? Checks the box. What about uh, ownership? Well, it's a family-owned business. They haven't, they haven't, they're not going anywhere. It's not like all of a sudden they're going to put this thing up for sale and then... To the Target family? Somebody, yeah, exactly, the Target family. And then he's going to talk about Commissioner Goodle. And then all of a sudden, what happened here? So, you know, there's that. And then do they have an all-world quarterback who's young that he can hook up with? Yes, they do. So everybody's like, put two and two together. Peyton's sitting out there. Sean Peyton's sitting out there. And we got... A team that just absolutely, you know what, to the bed. And this is after last year ended with the Raiders knocking them out mm. in the final seconds of the final game, and they missed the playoffs entirely, but lost a de facto playoff game in Vegas last year. And and how can they possibly come back from this and run it back with a coach who retrieves a helmet for somebody and has it thrown at his feet and then, you know, could use Mike Williams, but he played him in a game that meant nothing and lost him and makes these fourth down decisions that are head scratchers and, you know, and Sean Payton's there. It's, it's a no-brainer, right? Well, again, Staley's no dummy. This team was up 27 nothing, And the Chargers, this is the way they zig. They're going to stick with them. I would be absolutely surprised. If we find out, Chris, TJ, Rich Eisen show viewing and listening audience, in the next 24, he's not listening, 24, <laughs> 48 hours, that not we true. find out that the meeting between Spanos and Staley is done and Spanos is firing him. He's out. He's cleaning house. Maybe Tom Telesco stays and they are in the market for a coach. And they are going to not only fire the coach and pay him off, but they are going to hire Sean Payton and pay him an insane amount of money knowing that they have to pay the quarterback annually, what? 1x, if not, you know, 1.5x of the $20 million that Sean Payton apparently wants? What if he wants $15 million? So you're going to end up paying the quarterback maybe 2x on that front. Because kids, when they get drafted... And they play like Justin Herbert. They get paid after year three. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, it's a problem. And so they get paid after year three. And by the way, this is coming for the Bengals once their season ends for Joe Burrow, which is why all of a sudden Mike Brown says, you know what we need to do? We need to get a, a, a we need to get a naming rights deal for our stadium. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Yeah, interesting. Paycor Stadium should be renamed Payjo Stadium. <laughs> yeah, right. So pay that man his money. 
this is what the Chargers are going to do. They're going to stick with Staley. They're going to probably find a new play caller for him because in the same way that even Kraft made Belichick put out a press release saying, we're looking for an offensive coordinator. We're even naming the coach that when Belichick never talks about titles for his coaches. Um, this is one of those things where it's just, yeah, we need to get somebody to get Justin Herbert to the level we need to get him to when we're paying him all that money. And uh, I, I think they'd like Staley. I think they do. And they're going to stick with him. Yeah, that's kind of what Ian's been saying today. That's coming. I'm telling you this yeah. is happening. So Gino's going nowhere, and I don't think Staley's going anywhere. I don't. Do you give Gino like, – what type of deal do you give him? Do I don't know. Do you franchise him next year and then figure it out? I, I don't know. What, what, if, what if you pay him, you know, 25 per for three for the fourth-year option or something like that? Would he say no to that? Probably not. I don't think he's getting a better deal anywhere else. I don't know. Well, he might get a better deal somewhere else, but it's not the spot where he's comfortable in, okay. and they're comfortable with him, and he knows the system. He's grown in it now. It's part of his DNA. And Pete loves him, and I'm telling you the players love him. They love him. The whole mentality, we talked with Tyler Lockett about that whole mentality of I was written off, but I never wrote back is exactly the Seattle Seahawks mantra of the 2022 season. Well, Soup to nuts. I ain't right back, though. I mean, you made it more formal. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for holding me to that. My feet to the fire that I didn't know existed. Um, But there you go. You know, and then the Dolphins, the question will be about what Tua, what happens with Tua. Does he want to play? Should he keep playing? What does the team think? There's also the Vikings. I think they're just going to run it back and get a defensive uh, remake. And maybe some of those players on defense and keep it going on offense. And then the Ravens, it is going to be all about what happened to Lamar at the end of the season and the fact that not one but two seasons in a row he could not finish due to injury. This one was a playoff game that he didn't personally attend for whatever reason, whether it's team policy or who the heck knows. The Ravens don't have to answer it. I guess the next time we we, we hear from them, I don't know if they're going to have an end-of-year press conference this week. will be the Combine. See what happens then, because it will be just right around the new league year, and the rumor mill is just going to keep flowing. But they hold the card of franchise tagging him. Just do it again. All right, Lamar. And then if he gets hurt again, what happens then? I, I mean, I don't know. As of right now, Rich, you would say that's probably, as of January the 16th, the number one story going in the offseason, right? Well... We'll see what happens tonight, T.J. Jefferson, won't we? Oh, yeah, I forgot about tonight. Because we'll see what happens this evening. Because the top five list in like two weeks. uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens tonight. That's part of the reason of what is at stake this evening. Why are my hands sweating so bad right now? It's because how do the Cowboys play this evening? And does their season end in a heartbreaking fashion, similar to last year, similar to what the Chargers just went through, similar to what just a little bit, similar to what just happened to the Vikings, you know, or is Tom Brady free and clear to join any organization he wants 
from Fox Sports to fill in the blank of teams that already you know right now need a quarterback or other teams that might create (laughs) space for him that ordinarily might not. And then Tom's got to make a decision whether he's a broadcaster or still a quarterback pretty darn fast because these teams are going to need to make available the spot for him roster-wise and salary cap-wise before the new league year hits in the middle of March. That clock could start tonight, sending Dallas to San Francisco, or the clock on Mike McCarthy's future, even though Jerry says that's not the case, or the clock on Dan Quinn's future. Last year, we thought he gone. And we thought maybe that wouldn't happen this year because Denver wouldn't have an opening, and look who's got an opening again. Denver. And... Is Quinn's clock starting tonight? Is there a chance that Dak's clock starts tonight? As he would be halfway through his monster contract with no playoff wins. How does that land at the star when the Joneses are having their exit meeting? None of this might actually materialize with the Cowboys loss, but we got to see how it all plays out tonight. That is is what is at stake. And unfortunately for Dallas, and fortunately for Tampa, is Ryan Jensen, Pro Bowl center from 2021, who went down two days into training camp and didn't play all season long. And all the pressure that Tom had in his face all year long that drove him nuts, and all the number of times that Lombardi Lenny and Rashad White ran between the guards and got stuffed all those times that frustrated Brady and threw this team off kilter and put them behind sticks when Brady's used to being on schedule. Ryan Jensen returns tonight. And if he can play like Ryan Jensen, well then Tom's not thinking about long-term future. He's thinking about Arizona. And I'm not saying because he wants to be a quarterback there for them this is what's at stake tonight can't wait so we might recalibrate your list of (laughs) top non-playing season storylines but Lamar and his future in Baltimore will definitely be up there for a while because that was weird last night it's been weird all week weird for a month it's been weird for a while yeah correct even though the Ravens have tried to make it seem normal. We love him. He's just not back yet. And he's not there because it's team policy or what have you, or whatever it is. So, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. I have a top five list. Let's do this to wrap up the show. Do it. I've got the top five big momentum swings of wild card weekend. Breaking down all five games. There were five games, and it's perfect for top five. That's coming up. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. 
you know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. NetSuite wants to make sure you know your numbers because if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. This is a crucial time of year. Top of the year, top of Q1, top of mind should be knowing your numbers because not every business is in the dark. Over 33,000 businesses know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and of course, inventory, so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. In 2023, profit's the new growth. So right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio right now. NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. Ben in Mississippi has been holding on since uh, we came on the air. What's up, Ben? Richie, Rich, and crew. What's up, Ben? Happy New Year. Same to you. What up, Ben? Got a couple things, so let's get straight into it. Chris. Looking forward to our conversation in the next couple of days. I Let's think it's going to be one for the books I'm excited Let's for. Also, the overreaction Monday segment, I think you got the wrong number one seed that we need to be worried about coming up this week. I think the Jaguars present a unique matchup for the Chiefs, and if I was a Chiefs fan, I would be nervous. So now let's get into exactly why I call. The New York football Giants. We talking playoffs or what? No doubt. Are we talking playoffs or what? No doubt. As a Giants fan, we got our quarterback. We got our quarterback. No doubt. We ain't got to worry about that. So now let's get into exactly why I called. The L.A. Chargers. Now you have been one of the faces of NFL media for 20 years, and you have covered the sport for, and you have talked about and covered the sport for longer than that. The Chargers thing, as we know, is a generational curse. <laughs> it doesn't just—it doesn't just start with Brandon Staley. So firing him ain't the issue. We can go back to Schottenheimer, North Turner, Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn. And here's my theory on the issue: Whatever the Chargers have done to somebody, excluding the fans of San Diego, so we know that's a gift. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they have done to somebody, yes, this individual has the voodoo doll. <laughs> and they don't get them. They don't get them for every little thing. They pick them out. They wait till we think the Chargers are good and they can make a run at the at the Lombardi Trophy. And you know what they do? They like they like a great sniper. They pick them off every time, every time. So this can't just be bad look. 
whatever it is, whatever it is, the Chargers need to go hat in hand on bended knee and apologize to whoever this individual is. <laughs> this is just bad look. You can't keep telling me that. Thank you for telling me that. Ben and Miss everybody. Thank you. You and I. No, no, look. Uh, the Chargers and the Jets can just have a seance together. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Thanks very much. Rack him. There you go. That's Ben and Mississippi. Five wild card games this weekend, right? Yeah, buddy. And five momentum changing moments, right? Five overs. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So <laughs> that just requires NFL Films music. Yes, sir. And a top five list of the top five. Biggest momentum swinging moments, one from each game of Super Wild Card Weekend. May I hear the music, please, to get me in the music? Thank you. Number five on the list is Bill's Dolphins. The Dolphins had this game, man. They did. In Western New York, they got a forced fumble for a touchdown to take the lead, and then two more punts from the Bills. They're deep in their own end. It's third and forever. And for some reason, Mike McDaniel got too aggressive with Skylar Thompson and had him fade back to pass. Mike McDaniel just hand it off and play defense. Hand it off and play defense. Skylar Thompson throws a pick. Cole Beasley scores a touchdown. Train Will Sizzle going off. And the game totally swung back to the Bills. I know it got tight at the end. But the Bills, they could have just tried this thing out. Just play defense. Don't put the ball in the hands of your kid and say, make a throw and try and get a flag. Just not everything needs to be pedal to the metal. Number four. This is the game-changing moment as far as I'm concerned between the Giants and the Vikings. Giants are march. The Vikings are marching down the field. They are down three. They can score a touchdown and make the Giants have to score a touchdown to retake the lead. It's fourth and inches. They go for it. And Christian Darasaw has a false start. And that fourth and inches false start forces the Vikings to settle for three. The Giants get seven. Now the Vikings have to get seven and totally change the tenor. The Vikings had the momentum. They could have gotten a score. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, they were feeling it in that stadium. And I know that because there was, by the way, write this down for fantasy team name, not one, but two premature Jollerhorns. Whoa, two. whoa, 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 whoa. Uh-huh. Like, whoa. You can't horns? fire the Jollerhorn prematurely. How do you spell that? They picked up the first <laughs> down. You heard the, oh, wait a minute, there's no play. <laughs> False start. That's number four on this list. Number three, the biggest momentum change in San Francisco. The... Seahawks are driving down the field to try and counter the um, second-half opening touchdown drive for the 49ers. The Niners retake the lead. We got a lead change. What do the Seahawks do? They get the ball back, and they drive down the field. It's there. They're on a 10-play drive. And here comes a second down, and Geno Smith flips it to Tyler Lockett to bring up third and short, except... A member of the offensive line drifted downfield. Yeah. Five-yard penalty. Wiped out the third and short. Created a second and long. Next play was throwing it for DK Metcalf in the end zone. Incomplete. Now third and long. Fumble. The defensive player of the year recovers the fumble. It's the first turnover of the playoffs. 
Nick Bosa recovers it, and the boat race was on. Game over. man downfield. Seattle had a third and short in the mid-red zone. Instead, it turned into eventually third and long, turnover. Niners never looked back from there. Totally changed the game. Number two on the list, I mean, if you have to choose the momentum changer in the slow car crash that was the second half of the uh, Jaguars' comeback on uh, on Los Angeles, it's when Dicker the kicker missed because it was a 10-point game. The Jaguars make it a 10-point game. You know what the Chargers did? They they marched down the field. It was a 10-play drive, and they set up Dicker the kicker from 40, and he made everything all year, and he missed that. It opened the door up, and it changed the whole thing. Instead of it being 13, it was still 10, and then suddenly it was 6, and then Bosa throws his helmet, and then the two-pointer, and, and it all went downhill the minute Dicker the kicker missed. <laughs> and then number one, the number one momentum changer from the weekend, it's obvious. It's the Sam Hubbard 98-yard dash. I mean, the Ravens are going in. It's a quarterback sneak. It's set up for Tyler Huntley to go low. He goes high. Ball gets knocked out. Hubbard has a drop in his lap, and he runs. And I know Ravens fans are like, Mark Andrews got blocked in the back. Maybe. But instead of it being a seven-point lead, it's a seven-point deficit, and we all know what happened after that. And that's my top five momentum swingers of wild card weekend. Good list. Pardon me. Super wild card weekend. I think you nailed it. Thanks to Chris Long. Thanks to Micah Parsons. Thanks to Christian Kirk. Michael Irvin will be our first guest tomorrow. Wonder what we're going to talk about with him. Let's go. Wrap up the show on the Roku channel in a moment.